Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Praise the Lord. I'm on assignment this morning. I believe the Lord is being strategic on this morning. I don't know if we heard the words that have been uttered through pre-service prayer to those that have been uttered through praise and worship, even to what my wife declared in her in her prayer. But I believe God is up to something. Whenever God is up to something, we've got to partner with God. Somebody say partner with God. So do me a favor, this may not make sense now, but I need everybody to get something on their lips and begin to bless the Lord. Come on, begin to bless his name. Father, we worship you, we honor you, we lift you in this place. Come on, lift up our voices in this place. God, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. There's none like you, God. Awesome you are, great you are. God, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. Come on, begin to lift up something to his name. God, you are mighty, God. We love you, God. We adore you, God, in this place. There is none like you. There's none like you. God, there's none like you. You are worthy and worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless your name. We bless your name. Father, we just want to love on you for a minute. We love you, God. God, we would not be here today if it was not for you. So, Father, we say thank you. God, we thank you, God, for your mercy that is new every morning. The very fact that we have not been consumed is is because of your mercy. And for that, God, we say thank you. Hallelujah. We bless your name. God, we won't have the rocks cry out for us, but we'll cry out to you, God. Hallelujah. 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 God, you are a wonder in our soul. You are a wonder in our soul. For that we say thank you. Hallelujah. I want you to stand to your feet quickly. I want you to go to Psalm chapter 63. I believe God is up to something. If you need God to do something in your life today, say God is up to something. I believe he's going to do something great in in our midst this morning. Psalm chapter 63. I want us to look at verses number one through two. The Bible says, oh God, you are my God. Somebody shout, my God. When he's, when he's your God, he responds differently. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you and my flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. And the Bible says, so I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. The beginning verse of verse number one says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you and my flesh longs for you. 
I want to minister from this subject, men of reverence. Men of reverence. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Men of reverence. I believe that God's going to weave together all that he's been saying this morning. So to us that have ear, let us hear what the spirit has to say to the church. The, the depth of your relationship with God is always revealed by the depth of your reverence for God. I need y'all to hear what I just said. The depth, the depth of your relationship with God is always revealed by the depth of your reverence for God. Somebody shout worship. And herein lies one of the reasons why much of what many believers declare concerning God is just lip service because their words never lead to worship. I, I never want to declare about a God that I do not worship. If I'm going to declare some stuff to him, my words should always lead somebody say to worship to worship, to worship. Uh, because a byproduct of a life that loves God is a life that longs and lives to worship the God they say they serve. It, it's just a byproduct. If I love God, my life is going to long and live to worship him. So here's a word of wisdom. This means um, you, uh, you can never call yourself a man or woman of God void of your worship to the God of heaven and earth. Stop calling yourself a man and woman of God if you never worship the God of heaven and earth. Uh, this, why? Somebody may be saying why? Because scripture reveals that we've been created to worship. Somebody say it's not just a song. Psalm 66 and 4 says we've been created to worship. We are compelled to worship. God is seeking our worship. That's found in Psalm 29 and 2. And watch this. We are called to continually to worship. That's Psalm 27 and 4. Somebody say I've been created to worship. So this is why devotion is always a sign that accompanies a true disciple. If I'm a disciple, then devotion should always accompany my life. So watch this. A believer that struggles to reverence God is a believer that I will always struggle to trust their relationship with God. If you struggle to worship God, I will always struggle to trust your relationship with God. Because if you're really in relationship with him, it'll move you to reverence. Somebody say it should move me to reverence. So, because the evidence, watch this, that you love the Lord is made evident by your reverence for the Lord. So the critical questions we must ask ourselves as believers is how evident is my reverence for the Lord? Is our worship for the Lord both present and perpetual? Why? Because reverence of God is a requirement of every child of God. If I'm going to be called a child of God, I have to reverence the God that I say I serve. And this is why Jesus declared in John 4, 23, but the hour is coming and somebody say it's already here. When the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father is seeking such to worship him. God is seeking those to reverence him and every God, child of God should seek to reverence God. I don't never want to be found guilty of God looking for worshipers and he can't find me worshiping. The Bible says he's looking for those that will worship him. So as a believer, I should be seeking to worship him. Oh, somebody say we in trouble. 
God is seeking those that will worship him. And it's important to note that this word worship in John 4.23 means to reverence. But even more, one Greek translation of that word means to kiss towards. What am I trying to say? Reverence is our ability to give our attention to God. If your attention is always distracted from God, somebody say, I'm outside of worship. Not only is reverence giving our attention to God, but it's giving our affection to God. Somebody say affection. And not only that, but it's my aspirations for God. Somebody say that's worship. An easy way to understand if you're operating in worship is who gets your most attention. Who gets your most affection and who gets your most aspiration? Somebody say that's worship. Uh, so, so hear this. Uh, who then? And this is why throughout Scripture we're admonished not to worship or reverence any other god. So we must ask ourselves: Who do we give most of our attention to, most of our affection to, and most of our aspiration for? Because here's the sad reality: many believers reverence their marriages more than the Lord. We give more attention to our marriages than we do God. Some of y'all watch this reverence your mama more than Lord. You give more affection to your mama than you do the Lord. And watch this. Many believers reverence their motives. Somebody say personal pursuits more than the Lord. We aspire more for our motives more than the Lord. So this means that we have believers ignorantly engaging in idol worship reverencing something or someone above the Lord. who? what a sad tragedy. Therefore, if we don't want to find ourselves engaged in idol worship, and if reverence of God is required of us, then we must ask ourselves, what does reverence of God require? What is this reverence that the Father is seeking? I believe we find the answers in, to these questions in our foundational text. And if we're to be people after God's own heart, men after God's own heart, men of reverence, then I believe David reveals in Psalm 63 what reverence to our heavenly father requires of us. So here's what I want us to do. Some of y'all thought y'all was worshiping your whole life. Somebody say the devil is a lie. I want to teach us what worship really is. So let's examine our text. I want us to look at verse 1a. The Bible says, oh God, you are my God. Whom you exalt is also whom you endear, because whomever you long to worship reveals who you love. Did y'all hear what I just said? Whomever you long to worship really reveals out of your heart who you love. So here's the first thing I need us to know. Reverence is a declaration. Somebody shout declaration. declaration. It's all reverence. Our worship is always a declaration of your love. And this is why David opens up in our foundational text with these words, oh God, you are my God. And here's a word of wisdom really quickly. Worship cannot always be silent. Did y'all hear what I just said? One of the reasons why I push us to open up our mouths in worship, because worship should not always be silent. And many of us are so caught up in the atmosphere is that we're silent and not worshiping. Uh, watch this. This is why there is a sound that accompanies worship. And this is why David, David verbally declared that the Lord was his God. This means, watch this, but beyond standing in the sanctuary, I should be able to say something about my God in the sanctuary. 
In other words, we're admonished to worship him with a shout. That's Psalm 47 and 1. We're called to worship him in song. That's Psalm 96 and 2. And we're called to worship him with all our souls. Somebody say, all my soul. So watch this. Worship does not just stand there, but worship says something. Watch this. The men may not like this, but a man that just stands in worship is a man that will always question their worship. Anybody that can just stand in the presence of God and say that they're worshiping rather than saying something, I will always question their worship. Ask, tell your neighbor, the Lord is requiring more of me. We've got to progress in our worship because worship requires words to the source of our worship. Oh, they they require words. So the real question is, when is the last time you said something to God that you say you love? Because even if your worship may be different, your worship is always a declaration. Did y'all hear what I just said? I know your worship is different. I know you don't dance. I know you don't shout. But your worship should always have a declaration. Somebody say it should always have a declaration. And watch this. Despite what you believe, love needs to be both displayed and declared. You better ask somebody, wife. Love should be both displayed and declared. Watch this. My wife ain't going to want me to get intimate with her if I've not said something beforehand. And many of us want to be in love with God and want God to display his love towards us. And we've never declared anything. Oh, y'all, somebody, somebody say, you better ask somebody, wife. Watch this, and just as spouses need to hear a declaration of our love, so does our Savior. God wants to hear the worship of men. So watch this, the Lord both in, invites the worship of his people, and he's inclined towards the worship of his people. Watch what Psalm 40 verse 1 says. The Bible says, I waited patient for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. This means the Lord is longing for our worship, and watch this, he's also listening for our worship. God says, I need you to say something. I'm, 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 I'm attentive to the people that say something to me. Tell your neighbor, I've got to say something. Oh, see, we got to, we got to, you know what? When I grew up in church, the men of the church would be in worship like this. I'm in worship. Never saying anything to the God that we say we love. And then we wonder why God is not responding. Because his ear is inclined, not to somebody who's standing, but somebody who's saying something. Y'all know how the old saying goes, closed mouth, don't get fed. God is saying, I'm looking for people that will say something so that I might respond. Tell your neighbor, worship is a declaration. It's a declaration. And you wonder why you're not getting out of worship what God desires for you. Watch this. So the question is, what is your worship declaring? Is your worship even declaring anything? Because hear this. I need y'all to hear this and hear, hear this good. My wife said something. And y'all will help me if you do this. Not only does the Lord need to hear your worship, but you never know who else needs to hear your worship as well. Because watch this. Somebody may be saying why. Worship is intended to declare your love for God, but it's also intended to lift somebody else up. 
Somebody say worship. We did not know. We thought we were just coming to love on God. But God says, the reason I need your worship is because there's a believer that needs to be lifted up. And watch this. Could it be the reason why they're still in the place that they are now? It's because you did not worship. I never want to come to church and God was saying there was a sound in your mouth that was caused to lift somebody up. And you caused them to still be in a pit. Somebody say worship. And y'all don't believe me. I got to give you scripture. Watch what Psalm 34, 1 through 2 says. Do I have it on my screen? Notice what the Bible says. I will bless the Lord at all times. Somebody say all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast in the Lord. And the humble shall hear thereof and be made glad. Watch this. This means the inability for your worship to be heard may be the very reason that somebody is unable to receive their help. Listen. For pastor appreciation, you ain't got to give me no car. You ain't got to give me no money. But somebody did not know that I needed your worship. I never want that y'all ever understand the struggle that a shepherd may go through. And all they need to hear is the worship of the flock. Something about worship will cause you, watch this, to be lifted. This is why I'm so critical and thank you, Sam, because I believe the words that were weaved in worship, God was up to something today. He was trying to say, I'm trying to lift somebody. Now somebody needs to watch this, hear my worship. Somebody say, somebody needs to hear my worship. Oh, watch this. Uh, Whose help have you denied because you failed to have your worship heard? Somebody say, help me with your worship. And this is why the reverence of men is a declaration. And watch this. It's something about when a man worships. It's one thing when mama worship. One thing when the wife worship. But it's something about hearing a man worship. And maybe, men, we've denied our wife's own help because we failed. Somebody say, to worship. Oh, what a sad tragedy. So the first thing I need us to understand that reverence is a declaration. I pray that we can progress in our worship. That when we come in, that we come in with the desire to give God a declaration. Here's the second thing I want us to know. That, that Let's look at verse 1b. The Bible says, early will I seek you. In other words, reverence that is not intentional is reverence that is insufficient. Reverence that is not intentional is reverence that is insufficient. In other words, true reverence is one who is disciplined in reverence. Reverence, somebody say, it's a discipline. See, y'all ain't going to like this. This means reverence or worship must be the priority of a believer. And this is why David said in our foundational text, early will I seek you. This means that David planned his worship. David pursued his worship and David even had a place for his worship. Watch this. He knew that desire alone wouldn't cause him to get up early, but it required discipline. Y'all know how we can we can say, oh, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to pray at 3 a.m. in the morning. You can have a desire, but if you do not have discipline, your worship will be in vain. Tell your neighbor, I've got to be disciplined. 
Have I got to be disciplined? And many of us are moved by emotion and God is saying, I really need you to be more disciplined. We think because I do not feel it that God is not pleased with it. But if I can find myself disciplined, that's the kind of worship that God, somebody say he desires. So as believers, we've got to ask ourselves, are we disciplined concerning our reverence for the Lord? Is worship simply something we do on Sunday or do we have a set place for worship? A set place. Somebody shout set place. This means do you plan opportunities to worship God? Do you pursue opportunities to worship God? And do we have a set place to worship God? Somebody may be saying, why is this significant? Because where there is no discipline concerning your worship, distraction will always win against your worship. When you do not have discipline, somebody say distraction will show up. And I promise you, undisciplined folk, the way that you know them is that distraction always leads their lives. Somebody say distraction. Maybe the reason distraction always wins is because you're not disciplined. Notice what Hebrews 12:1 says. For the moment, all discipline seems not to be pleasant, but painful. Yet those who have been trained by afterward, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And watch this. Because if we can be honest, the devil is always attempting to distract us from worshiping the Lord. I know y'all, my kids, I love them, but they can be a distraction. (laughs) To my worship, whenever we want to get in a place of worship, distraction knows how to find our doorstep. Somebody say, that's why I've got to be disciplined. I've got to be disciplined. And watch this, where there is no discipline in worship, the cell phone will always win. Somebody say the call can wait. Where there's no discipline, the conversation will, oh girl, yeah, tell me about that. And watch this, where there is no discipline, the comfort of your bed will always win. Tell your neighbor, I've got to be disciplined. Why is this significant? Because where there is no discipline in worship, Watch this. By default, the devil will always prepare an idol. We did not think the cell phone was an idol. But when it gets in the way of worship, somebody say it becomes an idol. Oh, my mama really need to talk to me right now. Somebody say that becomes an idol. And many of y'all, yes, bedside Baptist has become, somebody say, an idol. That bed feel good right about Watch this. Notice what Psalm 106.36 declares. They served their idols, which became a snare to them. This means idols become a snare when believers are not disciplined enough to create a set space for worship. In other words, the Bible says that they serve their idols. Whenever cell phones, conversations in the comfort of our bed take precedence over the Lord that we say we serve, we begin to serve them rather than God. And this is why it becomes so easy to stay in the bed because you serve the bed and the bed has now become a snare. So many of us, we we try to figure out why can I not worship? Why does this not work out? Maybe you serve the idol rather than serving God. 
and it becomes somebody say now easy to serve the distraction rather than find myself in devotion watch this this means if something or someone has snared you from worship you don't need to rebuke the devil you need to be more disciplined did y'all hear what I just said I don't need to rebuke my kids I need to be more disciplined God know he gave me the kids so how can I be so disciplined that I might find a space for worship many of us around here rebuking the devil because oh my man getting on my nerves my job getting on my nerves it ain't enough time in the day and God is trying to make you more disciplined somebody say I've got to be more disciplined be, be, be more disciplined so watch this if it's on your way to work oh, you got a plan to worship I know that you're busy I know you got a lot of assignments on your job but maybe it's your on your way to work that you have a set place somebody say for worship oh we've got to be more disciplined I know that it seems your agenda is getting in the way but if you can put that meeting on your agenda you can also put worship it's not your agenda. Somebody say, it's your priority. It's your priority. So I've got to plan it. I forgot. If I'm going to put that I'm going to go out to eat with my girls and my homeboys, then I can put time for worship on my agenda as well. And what God sees is that we make everything else a priority. And really, he says, you're not disciplined. You have not made me a priority. I don't care. The Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. So it doesn't matter how much he gives you in your life. It doesn't matter how much you have on your agenda. It does not matter what kind of assignments you have. You can plan somebody say to worship. So hear this. And if things, watch this, seem to distract you in worship, maybe you need to create a set place for worship. We like to say, I can't do it. He ended up watching football. He ended up doing that. I got kids running around crazy. You know what my wife did the other week? She, 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 she kicked the kids out of their room and created her own set space. I know, that may, I know that may seem comical, but she had to create a set place for worship. Woo, she got a lot to do, y'all. I can't even get in. I can't even get in because watch this as the cliche declares so it is with our reverence of the Lord if you fail to plan to worship then you might as well plan for your worship to fail I've got to make sure that worship is a priority and it ain't this it ain't this whole setup where I got to have fog machines and lights listen when I'm when I'm doing reports at work I'm on YouTube with worship. When, when I know that my day has been long and I really just want to go to sleep, I've got worship music in my ear. I've got to be intentional about my worship. And watch this. The person or believer that is not intentional about worship, God says your worship is insufficient. Somebody say, help us today, Lord. So hear this, and I'm going to be out your way. I said that we, we got to be disciplined, y'all. Uh, we got to know that, we're, that, that it requires discipline. And I want to look at verse 1C. The Bible says, my soul thirsts for you. 
My flesh longs for you in a dry place and a thirsty land where there is no water. Here's what I really want you to know. God has no desire for a believer that has no desire to worship. In other words, reverence is a desire. Believers must long to worship because worship is the lifeline of a believer. Beyond you coming to church, worship is your lifeline. What's going get to you, get you through difficult times? Somebody say it's worship. What's going to get you through them folk on your job that's getting on your nerves? Somebody say it's worship. Even the words. Listen, when I'm going through and I'm telling my wife and I realize that her words are insufficient, God is really trying to move me towards worship. Because the one thing that's going to get me through, somebody say it's worship. Not no counselor, somebody say worship. Not no pastor, somebody say worship. Uh, because our pursuit of worship, watch this, always puts us in the presence of the provider. Did y'all hear what I just said? Your, your pastor is not your provider. Your partner is not your provider. So I want to be, if I want to be in the presence of the provider, I've got to find myself in worship. Ooh, somebody say, find yourself in worship. And some of y'all got to stop doing so much talking that you're doing to these folk until they behind to get to worship. Because here's what happens when you pick up the phone, they now believe you're the provider. And you wonder why you can't get bothered with their calls. Somebody say, call on God. God's, God is trying to push them to the presence of the provider. Watch what David says. He says, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Watch this. Oh, because David understood that everything he needed was found in the presence of our God. And worship always places you in his presence. Oh, that's good news. So that means, watch this. Y'all ain't going to like this. Wherever there's a lack in your life, it should always lead you to worship. Did y'all hear what I just said? Not to your mama, somebody say to worship. Wherever there's a lack. I've got, it should lead me to worship because worship leads me into the presence of the provider. Watch this. I believe it's on our screen. Our source of peace is found in his presence. That's Psalm 1611. Our source of prosperity is found, somebody say, in his presence. That's Psalm 3119. And the Bible says the source of our protection is found in his presence. Somebody say that's Psalm 3120. Watch this. This means the presence of lack in your life reveals the lack of his presence in your life. Ooh. The lack of, of, of his, of, uh, pre the presence of lack in my life, watch this, reveals the lack of his presence in my life. Tell your neighbor I've got to get in his presence. And this is why, because reverence keeps us in the presence of our provider. And this is why until you know the Lord as the great I am, you will never have a desire to reverence him. Tell your neighbor, I got to know him. Because watch this, when you just know him, it should compel you to reverence him. When you know him as the giver of life, you should have a desire to worship him. 
when you know him as the lover of your soul, it should cause you to desire to worship him. Watch this. When you know him as a keeper, you should desire to worship him. Listen, when I see folk younger than me checking out of this world, I know he's a keeper. It moves me. Somebody say to worship. And if you fail to struggle to worship, I question, do you know This is why the old saints didn't need all this stuff we got. Somebody say they just knew him. Oh, we've got we've to know him. We've got to know him. So the real question is, do you know him? Ask your neighbor, do you know him? Because watch this, you ain't got to convince me, you ain't got to compel me, you ain't even got to counsel me to worship him because I know him. Uh, Consider why David said, while some trust in chariots, he would remember the name of the Lord. In Psalm 20 verse 6, he says, now that I know that the Lord saves his anointed. Because David knew the Lord, he had a desire to call on his name. When you know him, tell your neighbor, when you know him. It's not that deep. All you got to do is know him. And maybe the reason you don't worship is because you really don't know. I want to know him in that way. (sighs) Because the old saints would say this. I know too much about him to doubt him. But even more, I know too much about him, and that's why I desire to worship him. Watch this. Your struggle to have a desire to worship the Lord may be a sign that you really don't know him. Get to know him. And if you get to know him, reverence our worship becomes easy. And watch this. This is why Paul say that I might know him. Because watch this, if I know him, and watch this, he says, in the fellowship of your sufferings, he wants to know him in that way. Because when I get to know God in my lack, I know him as a provider. Did y'all hear what I just said? And this is why y'all depend on people too much. Somebody say, because I don't know him. You'll get less calls if they knew him. You will have to pray less for folk if they knew him. Because my first response would not be to go to, the, go to the first lady, but it would be to go to the God that I say I serve. Hear this, and I'm out your way. Reverence is a requirement for every believer. Somebody say it's required of me. The Lord is seeking those who will reverence him, and therefore every believer must be seeking to reverence the Lord. And this is why we must be men of reverence. Men have to worship. Somebody say men have to worship. We're not that cool that we cannot worship. We're not that deep that we cannot worship. My resume should not stop me from reverencing God. We've got to move out of all of that and push towards worship. Because the Lord wants our attention. The Lord wants our affection. And the Lord wants us to aspire for him. He wants our worship. And this is why reverence is a declaration. We've got to get out of the habit of just coming to church and standing in the sanctuary. Somebody say, I got to say something. I've got to be disciplined in my worship. Because watch this, 
the enemy will always attempt to distract you from worship. And I've got to have a desire. You know, the way I have a desire, somebody say, it's if I know him. But watch this. I believe there is something even more that the Lord does as a result of our reverence. I need us to see this because it's going to bless your life. The Bible says, so I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. In other words, worship will always produce demonstration. Did y'all hear that? When I worship, God moves. Y'all got to hear what I'm saying. There's something that reverence does that a request could never do. So God is saying, I'm not looking for more people to make requests of me, but I'm looking for more people to reverence me. And if I could just watch this, find myself in a place of reverence, somebody say, God will move. Hear this. There is a level of demonstration that we will never witness of God until we find ourselves in devotion. God is saying, I want to move in such a way in your life. But you will never experience it until you find yourself in worship. This is why worship is so critical. Because God is always looking to do something in the life of a believer. But many of us miss out on it because we do not worship. Somebody say, it's not your offering, it's worship. Somebody say, it's not me running around the sanctuary. It's worship. God is saying, stop trying to manipulate me and find yourself in worship. There's a demonstration that God wants to do. And watch this. He'll do it only in worship. I don't know where y'all are this morning, but I believe God wants to do, somebody say, a new thing. Let us stand to our feet. I believe God wants to move in our lives and it's not going to be no oil and nobody going to lay on our heads. It's not going to be an offering, but God says it's going to be your worship. And I don't know about y'all this morning, but hear this. I've come this morning to get something from God. I've been dealing and struggling with depression trying to attach to my life and I need to get it off of me. I don't know what you need God to do, but let us lift our hands and begin to worship. It's not a prayer this morning, but it's, it's worship. God says he's going to do something through our worship. What we don't believe God will do, God will demonstrate it through, his, through our worship. Come on, begin to bless his name. Come on, begin to worship him. God, we need you to show up. God, we need you to move. God, we need you to incline yourself towards us. God, so we worship you today. Oh, we honor you today. God, we lift your name on high today. Come on, begin to bless his name. Nobody be silent in this place. God wants to do something this morning. God, we need you to move. God, we need you to move. God, we need you to move. God, hear our worship. God, hear our worship. God, we bless your name on today. God, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. God, move on behalf of your people, God. Oh, you're worthy. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. Come on, open up your mouths. Begin to bless his name. Begin to bless his name. Begin to reverence his name. You are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. 
You are worthy, God. God, move on behalf of your people. God, we've tried everything else. God, we've tried everything else. But God, we need you. Move by way of our worship. God, move in our finances. God, move in our families. God, move in our marriages. God, we want you to bless us, God. God, do what only you can do. So God, we just yield to worship. God, we've done all we can. So God, now we worship you. God, we honor you. Move, God, in your people's lives. Move in your people's lives. Move in your people's lives. God, for some of us, it's our jobs. We worship you. God, for some of us, God, it's spouses. So we worship you. God, 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 forgive us for making people idols. God, forgive us for calling people before we call you. We call on your name this morning. God, we call on your name this morning. We call on your name this morning. God, you are worthy. 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 We bless your name. 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 Father. Father. Father, forgive us for making idols out of people, out of things. God, let our response always be to reverence you. God, many of us have tried everything else. But God, today, we commit ourselves to worship. Now, God, move. Demonstrate your power in our lives like we've never seen before. God calls testimonies to be raised up because of worship. And every heart that believes, every heart that has a desire to worship Him, give God a hand clap of praise. You are worthy. You are worthy. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.